0: Of
1: the eudaimonia podcast. Uh,
0: I'm your host Mick.
1: And I am Don. How are you, everybody? What's happening? Let me know. You you
0: forgot your catchphrase. Oh my god. Oh, I don't know what and it was. And it only takes a couple of episodes for you to forget. How the hell are you?
1: This this is it. Well, I I said I'd go for a slightly different edgy introduction. I suppose it just fell flat. You see, that's the beauty, guys. I do, I've, I've I'm doing it live with, with no uh, outtakes, so... <laughs> yeah, that is the beauty. <laughs> um,
0: I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope you're doing okay, Don. It's been a while. It's been a hot second. Um,
1: yeah, it's been a really busy week, but it's been an interesting week. And I am very, very excited about ta- talking about this one today. I really am.
0: Yeah, this one's going to be interesting. But of course, as always, as we always start, uh, if you want to get involved in our conversations, the blessed... the blah, blah, blah the best place to do that, (laughs) had a bit of a moment, Uh, the best place to do that is over at our Twitter, or if you um, think you're going to write more than 140 characters, you might as well send it to our email. All of that is in the description box below, Uh, so uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. So, today, what we're talking about is a little company, Uh, well, I don't know if you heard of Elon Musk, Um, probably the most charismatic... Charismatic person, um, funny tweets, funny looks, and a Tesla. Um he is uh he owns also Neuralink, which is probably something that um perhaps a lot of people haven't heard about or have heard about it. I mean I, I heard about it during college, like um during tissue engineering. I don't know about you, Don. Um what was uh when did when did you officially hear about Neuralink?
1: I think it would have been through a conversation <clears throat> with yourself, but I had heard of something quite similar um, about probably a year or two's previous. Now, as we know, they've only got started in 2016, so they're a baby company. They're not even five like years old, and mm-hmm. like you know, they're a pretty small firm. Uh, you know, for for reasonably obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I think the whole like brain, <laughs> brain on a chip, chip on a brain concept has always kind of been. Like, we, we, we've done it the opposite way around with, like, biosensors. So, like, we kind of do it in, in the opposite way. But this is, like, going totally our space, <laughs> dare, dare I say. Um, so, yeah, no, no, like, the, the this is really interesting, this this one. And uh, it raises a lot of questions. And I think that's what I'd really like to explore today. And then we'll see what you want to talk about. It. What, what nuances you see are useful out of this? And then we'll kind of come to some sort of an arrangement in relation to what we think about this.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, tying it first to Elon Musk, you know, he's doing a lot of interesting work, um, both in the car sector, autonomous driving, but also kind of more... No- uh, kind of area that perhaps more people would know him from, apart from Tesla, would be the SpaceX project. Um, you know, we I believe we talked about this before, <laughs> privatizing uh, uh, stellar exploration, but um, I suppose... The work there is somewhat similar, like SpaceX and Tesla, you could nearly uh, draw some kind of a uh, a line through joining the two, right? You got autonomous driving and then these uh, propellers that uh, are able to land safely, autonomously um, in a sector. So The work there seems to be quite similar. Um, it's when you move on to the work of Neuralink where you see a completely different shift in his whole, um his whole kind of process now, potentially, you know, people would argue the fact that no, I think it's the same because he's advancing technology, which is fine. um But in terms of the fields, I would say they're very different. I don't know if you can draw a parallel to that, Don.
1: Yeah, I think that was that was that that was a good summary and an overview of what the man is at really. Um, He's a peculiar, li- 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 he's a peculiar little character, isn't he, Elon Musk? And I say he's a little character. I mean that by his uh, stature, not by his uh, ambition, which is just astronomical. But um, I do <laughs> yeah. certainly. It's very interesting because you, in one sense, you've got, you know, two very solid, like, you know, not run of the mill, but like they're they're quite like you can. Everyone understands what SpaceX is about. Everyone gets the concept of self-driving cars. Everyone understands that. But Neuralink, I don't think we even—I don't think they even know what they're—they're they're trying to do. Frankly, is the big question there. So it's like it's a real like it's like it, it's kind of like if you're doing your budget for like your household or whatever. You've got your fixed expenditure, your regular dis- expenditure, and then you got your discretionary or miscellaneous. You never know what's going to go in there. You know, it could be like yeah. a oh yeah Anything. absolutely. It could be like like you know. I don't know, prawn crackers, who knows, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Cookies.
1: Something. Just
0: something always falls in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D- you know, Elon Musk is a very interesting guy. Um, I find his work uh, quite um, brain-stimulating and, you know, and maybe perhaps other episodes we might talk about self-driving car aspects, but today is very much about Neuralink and uh, the brain uh, to robot nearly kind of idea bridging the gap between ourselves and um, AI technology in a mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. now I believe it was the 26th of August um, no the 26th of August of this year I actually do not know what date it was and I don't want to look it up but let's just say that it was a Wednesday right, right. Monday um, I believe The Friday following that date, there was supposed to be a uh, live model uh, of this brain chip uh, to be showcased to the world. Now, I didn't hear or read up anything about what happened. I feel like a lot of the work that um, Elon Musk is doing with Neuralink is falling a bit under the radar. Perhaps more under the radar than I'd like, uh, just because I guess I find it interesting. But when it comes to like Tesla or SpaceX, I feel like we hear a lot about that, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps not enough about Neuralink. And uh, that's kind of the downer on my on my side. Yeah, um, I'd love to, I'd love to hear more.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, Mick, because I think you're absolutely right. And the reason why I say that is because not just you're my podcast co-host and I agree with you, but like specifically because not only do the does the average person not really have heard much about it but what's really important is the ramifications ethically in relation to the questions that a company like Neuralink proposes and it asks these sorts of questions kind of on the side by definition they're like implied they're implicit questions they're kind of latent questions about if we're going to try and implant a chip into someone's brain and measure the neural signals and so on and try and do some analysis and understand you know the some potential applications some of the applications are still even being realized never mind even getting to a stage where we could start to start running code to you know bring all the information back you know from the the analog signals and so on and how we might multiplex all the signals and actually get somewhere with some sort of a framework i have no idea how they're st- they're starting it of course they have a, a relatively solid product and in, in a recent enough um I suppose I think it might have been their last, like, demonstration. You've got this newer version of like a couple of thousand strands for each for each little chip, whereas I think before it was something more primitive, perhaps. But I think what's really important is that because it doesn't get so much exposure, or at least the exposure that one would think that it should, because something like I suppose a company like this, I don't think, can be ignored. Because whilst there are other companies doing you know, reasonably similar things because let's face it, like the brain on a chip or the the chip in a brain concept is it's not a novel concept. It's been around for years. Computer science and, and AI has been has have been looking at novel techniques like this for a long, long time now. But what's big about Neuralink from what I've been looking at it is that you've got some pretty important people who are the president and CEO of the company, people from Stanford and so on, who really have a background in this and who were there you know, there really are trailblazers in the field of, you know, I suppose, I was going to say the field of like, like, like neuroscience. But really, you've got like seven or eight different, different factors there. You've got like computer science, like neuroscience. You've got like just there's about seven or eight different subtopics that it, it that kind of categorize the work that Neuralink are actually doing. And I think what's really exciting is that they're, like, there's such a small company. And yet they're doing quite a lot now in many ways they're gonna they're hugely ambitious obviously because that's the way like it makes sense that they are ambitious but from what i can see is they're falling way behind what they're saying that they can do but i don't even see that as being problematic because for something that is so complicated what their progress so far in the last like four years of running or so in my mind is is about right i think they're about on the right track. People are quite concerned, and a lot of the media who covered these things are quite concerned that, oh yeah, Elon Musk is saying A, B, C, X, Y, and Z, but they're only de- they're only like t- like delivering say a fiftieth of A, right? But like with something that's so complicated, it's like if you, it's like you look at the human brain, just as it happens. We'll just take the human brain as an example. It takes about like the gut to twenty five years to fully form. Well, why is that? Well, the answer is pretty straightforward. It's because anything that's really complicated and difficult takes a lot of time to cluster and develop and i think a company like this is going to be around 20 years before they do anything really significant because it just it'll take i mean like for you can like forget the clinic the, 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 excuse me you can you can go and forget about the, the clinical trials i mean this thing is going to go on for years and years and years before they can even start to touch people so they have of course now of course they moved on onto pigs and the famous gertrude and they did that demonstration there a month or two ago which is fine um but I think ethically we're going to have a massive issue. That's my worry. And the fact that, like, like you say, and I'm sorry for the monologue, but it goes back to your point. The fact that we're not talking about a company like this in the mainstream is a huge issue. Like, it should be on the national news. And maybe it's not because, like we've said, they've not really, they're not really, um, how do you say it? They're, like, the rubber hasn't really uh, met the road yet. And the problem is, I feel, is that once the rubber meets the road and the product is, is made, it's too late then because you, they'd be pushing to pass that legislation to get this thing through. So I think we're in the right space in terms of how they're developing as a firm, although I'm sure they, they, they wouldn't agree with that. But we need to give the public time to think about these things and the ramifications of such a firm entering the market space.
0: Actually, you bring up a really good point there about the kind of their target points, right? And perhaps the media being a bit harsh on them based on what they're saying they can achieve in such a short space of time. Um, As you said, four years, I think, is pretty fair. Um, Nearly five years, pretty fair where they are. I think, you know, they're... I I would say that they're advancing pretty quick. Um, Quicker than what you would generally expect for brain implantables, considering that the brain is such a delicate organ. Um, But I suppose the question really comes is is the idea of say overhyping a company like Elon Musk is doing is that a business strategy like the way i see it is perhaps he's pumping it up to so that it's not taken as a joke now obviously perhaps the results might uh, paint it in a in a in a fashion of people thinking it is a joke but Perhaps what he's doing is saying, oh, look at all the stuff that we can achieve. Consider us. um, Because it's such a, uh, I'm pretty sure that once we get some kind of working model, it's going to s- divide the public. People are going to be all for it. And then there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be against it. So mm-hmm. maybe his point is, okay, let's say that we can deliver on all of these points. Uh, we know we won't be able to but at least some people will already have this in their mind and they'll follow our journey and they'll see that if we don't actually achieve what we say we do, it's because we're taking extra precautions and that we're not just throwing something out there. So I suppose kind of an initial question while we're still talking about the company itself before we move on to other topics, is it a business strategy what they're doing in terms of um, overhyping it and then falling flat. Is it exactly what they expect? I'd love to hear your opinion on that.
1: Thank you for the question. I think it's a great question. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, it makes you think, I've got a 2 prong approach, so let's consider this. I think this falls in line with Elon Musk's, Elon Musk's personality. So, in terms of that, I don't think it's a pub, it's a pub, a publicity stunt in relation to that. Because um, I think, like, he's bold and brass, and he's, he's ambitious, and and why, and why wouldn't he be? So I think if it, if it fails on, on on its ass, he won't, you know, I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as you might think because he'll just go and think about the next big thing he'll do. Like he might just grab onto tenure yeah, and yeah. it'll be his, his big baby, uh, you know, or else he'll just scrap it and then go and do something else. I, I don't think he really cares. I, I think he's just focused on success. Um, now, is it a business strategy? It could absolutely be independently of his own personal ambitions because what could happen is, like you said, pumping it up and marketing it hugely well i say well i suppose that runs in contradiction to what, what we we said originally if he, if they were marketing it so largely then everyone would know about it right but i suppose with the media i suppose you've got meets as we know like this is largely covered on so on social media it's not co- covered on like the national news or the bbc or something like that no there, mm-hmm. the, look there could be articles on the bbc but i, I didn't see any when i was doing my initial re- reading on it so but like um yeah, is it a business strategy? It could, it it, it definitely could be. I it I be I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's a thought I hadn't. It's a it's a concept I hadn't really thought about. But now that you mention it, yeah, it's very possible. Although I think if it is a business strategy, it might have been thought of after Elon Musk and what he wanted to do. I think, excuse me. I think he just wanted to go with something big now. I'm not too sure it was his original idea, maybe it was, maybe it was a, an idea of a colleague and they brought him in as more of an entrepreneur, I don't know, um, because it's a bit difficult to be, you know, an expert in in everything, because he is his fingers in a lot of different pies, so I think he's more of an entrepreneur guy than, than anything else, um, I haven't actually looked up his history, does, does he, he he have a degree run but... Um, yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's actually a physicist.
1: Perfect, so... Did he get his master's or what, or what did he do? I, I've got no idea, really, to be honest.
0: Um, I'm—I don't think he has his master's. <clears throat> uh, so I know—I know a little bit about him. Like he would have been the per- the mind, uh, the genius behind that uh, unzipping file. That was his first thing. Oh, okay. uh, back in the I, day, I the right. I think it was called WinRAR or
1: something. Yeah, w- WinRAR. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, um... And
0: then he, he sold that, and then he came up with PayPal, uh, and oh, then wow. he sold PayPal. And then he came up with all the other stuff. Oh wow! So PayPal was like the one thing that really got him going. Um, so he is he is a genius. I don't think anybody is arguing that. He has a lot of good ideas, but I think he also has that um, entrepreneur brain where he knows how to apply that idea into a business that will win in a way. Because I'm pretty sure when he brought up the idea of Tesla, nobody thought that was going to take off. Mm-hmm. And now Tesla is the gold standard for electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, more like SpaceX, you know, they've just uh, collaborated with uh, the with NASA, and so they are a very successful company. Um, and I'm pretty sure Neuralink is heading down that way that that route. Now, do I think Elon Musk is having a lot of He's putting a lot of his time in there. I probably do, I don't
1: think so. I agree with but. that. Yeah. See, that that was my worry because I was like, I don't. I am con. I'm concerned about. I I look at him talk and I go, he he doesn't know that much about this sort of field at all. And I was kind of going, yeah. that's a worry because if you're, you know, what I mean, I was like, is this is this is this just another business stream left for the guy because he's bored or something or what the hell? What the hell's going on? You know. But I think if he gets, I think what's crucial to Neuralink, I'm sorry for, like derailing but. I think what's crucial for, for Neuralink is just the fact that he gets the right people around him, because he can't do it on his own. And I think you, you're actually you you, you, you that's what you, you're writing what you're saying. That's where his genius actually comes in, because not only as you say is he also a genuine inventor and a genuinely really really smart guy, he's also able to do the next step, which is just to to um, how do you say to levy the business to levy it into a business market too, which it's so rare for people who were, you know, like INTP type thinkers. You know, this guy actually can go out there and actually make it a business too, which is which is a remarkable mm-hmm. property, really.
0: Yeah, but I suppose on that end, I would say that he is the genius behind Neuralink, like the concept of Neuralink. I think he came up with that. Now he probably doesn't know how to apply it, and uh, to the extent that perhaps the people that are that he hired. Um, would know how to apply it. But I also think he's the one with the crazy ideas that uh, they listen to and is like, make it happen uh, because this is what I want my company to do. Uh, And perhaps it's that point where he's like, let's shoot for the stars. Let's say that we can have a working model by 2021. And the people working for him are like, that's not realistic at all because we're here. And he's like, you know, his rebuttal to that would be like, we got to aim for that. That's our target. If we don't reach it, that's okay. But if we say that that's our target, we'll get there quicker. And I think that's where the business mind kind of uh, gets him, right? Like he's he'll say, let's say we have a working model in 2021. The people working are like, no, they're never going to happen. But by 2021, they could be halfway there because they pushed for that target. Where if they didn't push for that target, they could only be like, 20% of the way there so Elon Musk is a interesting person he also has the drive to push a business Um I mean Tesla was going bankrupt and he was able to bring that up and now they're you know they're still there they're still out there and they're as I said the gold standard for electric vehicles uh, specifically also autonomous driving self um, electric vehicles like there's no other uh, car company that can match their autonomy, um, but Neuralink kind of apart from the business side also crosses a couple of um, couple of areas. It's kind of like, oh yeah, it's kind of like a hill, right? You're kind of going up the hill, and you're like business, business, yeah, yeah, yeah really interesting, really interesting stuff, um, prototypes, all that, and then once you get over the hump, then you get to see the ethical aspect of having something like this on the market now i know that eventually uh, kind of like the the crazy plan of elon musk is to have everyone uploaded in the cloud and having us uh, immortal and that concept that's the driving force of ne- Neuralink to have a space for everyone to to live forever ethically that's bonkers, right? <laughs> Anybody that's into ethics would have a field day on this. Um, no more no more than like stem cells, right? They would have an absolute field day arguing, discussing uh, around this topic. Uh, so I think that's another area that cannot be overlooked uh, when we talk about Neuralink. But what I would say is how about we take a small break and then we come back and talk about the other side of the company. And, well, we're back with uh, the second half of the show. Uh, I hope we didn't keep you waiting for too long. <laughs> that that depends on my uh, editing skills and how well I was able to integrate everything. Integrate like Neuralink is going to integrate a chip in our brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I enjoyed that. That was a knee slapper. <laughs> that was a knee slapper and a chest gapper um how about we stop with these bad jokes and get back to it um I guess we left off we first half we kind of discussed well if you're joining us for the second half that would mean that you skipped all of the first half why would you do that and go back and listen to the rest and be better than the the best uh (laughs) I gotta stop uh I'm in a joking mood what can I say but uh yeah this this kind of, this this second half we're really discussing about the ethical morals of Neuralink, what they're doing. Um, but I suppose something that we probably didn't really give much um, much of an opinion on is maybe perhaps in a small sentence or in a small little uh, parfait. <laughs> um, let's kind of talk about. Yeah, let's not take up too much time with this and we'll move on to the um, more kind of ethical stuff. But the concept of Neuralink, where do you stand on it? I think that's one of the questions that we didn't really touch up on too much.
1: Are you asking me where do I stand? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, let's
0: let's kind of... Uh, d- d- before we go into the ethical side, because that's going to bring up a can of worms. <laughs> but in terms of the actual Neuralink as a whole the concept the idea where do you stand without taking
1: ethical into consideration right just as a pure concept do you mean like in other words would I allow it to be implanted in my own head if I wanted type thing is it or where do you stand do you stand on the burn the
0: place down to the ground let's not even look at this store stuff or are you like I think no
1: it's good I like it I stand with it no, sorry, your question was a lot more basic than, than I thought, but it, the, the ramifications of explaining my answer is still a difficult question in and of itself, which is, in a sense, what your question actually is, so it's not simple at all. No, I think Neuralink, Mick, is a great idea. I really do, because I think they, unlike most companies, they haven't got a proper mission statement. I don't think they know themselves what they're actually up to, um, which is why it's so exciting. So to be... ...against what they're doing is just, I suppose, to be pro-anti-human progress, which is just silly, Rudy.
0: Yes, I get what you mean. Um, I do get the opinion that they don't really know what they're doing. Um, but I also get the opinion that they're doing a lot of work. And perhaps the whole concept of they don't know what they're doing is because the field is so new. So they're really discovering things as they're going along. Um I would like to say where I stand on it, I think it's a great idea. Scientifically, I think it's uh, probably the way to go. Um, I think this will bring a lot of good advances, um, both to like the biological sector, um, but also in the um, technology sector. Because the smaller we can make these devices... I'm looking selfishly on this, right? Uh, the better our computers are going to be. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, bring that on. I want uh, I want better computing power. Um, but in general, I also think it's going to be a very, very huge, more than very huge leap forward in biology. Um, it bridges kind of the... Because the, I suppose the way I would see that is biology has always kind of been left behind in terms of technology. I think the advancements biology could have had if it integrated biology, uh, technology in there would be huge. Like, there's no secret that physics uh, as a science kind of integrates a lot of technology to do a lot of the things that it does. Um, so we're able to advance quickly, quicker, than if we didn't have the technology integration. Biology, on the other hand, I feel like probably doesn't do uh, a lot of the technology doesn't integrate a lot of the technology in with it and so they're left with manual experiments and processes and um, stuff that if we gave the chance for technology to simulate certain things pretty accurately um, we might be able to advance biology a bit quicker and I feel like what Neuralink are doing is a step forward in the right direction with advancing biology and advancing science as a whole. Um, I don't know if you have any points if you'd like to say something to that I just see you nodding so I don't know if uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I hit something that you uh,
1: that you enjoyed <laughs> no um, it it's all good it really is all good um, it asks a lot of questions and it kind of prods into various areas in which it can start to take off I always think the integration between a biological system and a sort of an AI approach is going to be a really interesting thing to twiggle and to tweak and kind of get right because we understand like you kind of mentioned in physics we're we're measuring the physical phenomena so the human or the biology is having a look at the physical phenomena which itself is quite decent and we can make some fantastic um you know like devices which can make our lives better but the integration the direct the direct like symbiosis or the joining or the concatenation um, of the two is notoriously difficult to, to, to get right. Um, there's a few examples where it's been largely a success. I mean, in the last 20 years, we're seeing things like robot arms and different stuff, and these things are clearly working, and they're going in the right direction. But uh, maybe there's no but, I should say, but... I did it again. (laughs) So, like, I suppose really, um, yeah, it's just understanding what part, what precisely we want to actually do with it. Because maybe we need to be a bit more quantitative. Because, um, like, if I put a chip in my brain, which is the idea of the company, Neuralink, and I'm measuring my my neuron activity... And I can harness that information, and then I can use that information to start doing other things. It's like you're... Excuse me. It's a bit like when you're playing a video game, and you choose a power-up. That's a bit like what this is. So, you can... I mean, people are talking about doing all sorts of things. Like, even in, in, like, curing mental illness, curing blindness, um... Um, hacking like hu- like the hacking things like human intelligence and making it better, um, like curing me curing mental re- like retardation, like these are huge huge claims, and extraordinary proofs require extraordinary claims, right? So, how might we do that? I mean, what I've just mentioned there, those three or four things, they're all totally different ventures, and what I would suspect will probably happen with a company like Neuralink, hopefully this will happen. It'll be new. It'll become the new like um what do you call it um oh the i was gonna say the rust belt (laughs) but that's totally wrong no you know that bit the the um the new like like god what's that thing that phrase called the new like tech valley the new like silicon valley um of america you know because If you have offshoots of this company, which you no doubt will, you'll have, like, splinter groups because you'll have people who want to go in the route where, oh, we need to use, like, Neuralink to um, enhance people's intelligence. Oh, we need to use Neuralink to enhance people's, like, personality. Oh, we need to use it to, to, to cure illness. We need to use it to... Cure, like um autoimmune problems or we, we're going to start to integrate it with like like genetics and so on so there'll be all these i see there'll be all these different like splinter groups of people who have an idea and there'll be like these different like research clusters within the company of Neuralink. i think it never will just like split up unless they all form together to form one common goal because otherwise the progress is going to be very slow and i do agree with you that the progress is has been relatively quick definitely with around 100 employees it's super going, but. Either they all come together and start to to define what the fuck they want to do. Mm. Sorry for cursing, by the way. I've just, I've just I've just ruined all the all the people's ears who do, who do, who don't like um who don't like uh um cuss, um, cuss uh, words yeah. language. <laughs> but I, I don't know why people call it cuss. Here's a bit a bit of an offshoot. Why do people call it cuss words? I thought it it it, it was curse words. What's this cuss business? I don't understand it at all. Can you? Might, I actually, you ask a good question. I just. We need to have a. We need to have an episode in unlinguistics on one day. It'll be very funny. It'll be very funny for our American friends who want to understand Irish phraseology. So semantics. I actually
0: just pulled up, um, the definition, and it
1: it, it, it's, it essentially just
0: gives you the de- The definition of cuss word cuss means a curse word or an odd person or animal. That's it.
1: Well, I guess we're a combination. I think Both that's it. it. Really. I
0: think that's why we say cuss. <laughs>
1: but uh, but you were saying something what, interesting. Continue, please. Well, I don't know if it was really interesting. Maybe it was just the ramblings of a madman. But <clears throat> like, I suppose I'm, I'm trying to answer your question. I suppose. Um, I think there would be different spinter groups within Nurnik because, with the grid, like, 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 God love them, they're they're trying to figure it out, you know, and until they do, um. I'm actually quite worried about them because the public is just watching on, not necessarily in support, but more kind of in awe. And more kind of like, oh, if this kind of goes tits up, we, we, we don't really care because we're not invested in it. But whereas I I would be kind of in in lines with yourself where you're saying, people ought to get really excited about this because this is, is the future. It's not some like anomaly some like random thing oh look at like the world's weird world's like we like weirdest creatures but the guy with five heads and he's a bit of a you know he's a bit of a he makes the guinness book of records because he has like 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 17 fingers like this is not like uh an anomaly this is something that's really going to become very present if we want it to be but do we want a society that we you know people just aren't i don't think people think like this you know we just don't get time so By and large, on average, people just don't get the luxury to sit around and think about these things and get really excited about them because other things take precedence and priority. So, I suppose I'd be concerned for Neuralink because I'm not too sure do they themselves want to group together? And it might involve like shedding half of their uh, staff. I don't know what's going to be required, but they need to get a grip and say, right what are we actually going to try and achieve here as a firm, and let's try and do this, rather than, uh, maybe it's too early to do that, maybe they do that in a few years' time, I don't know, but, like, they're obviously, like, they obviously, the, they keep going on about this, the, this specialist machine that they use to implant the actual chip, the chip itself, because apparently it's too delicate for, uh, you know, uh, an actual person to do the surgery, which is probably true. I don't know about that. I'm a bit surprised to hear yeah, that, to be honest. I thought it could be done by hand, but I guess not. So um, I suppose their control system that they have derived to do it is better, you know, which is fine. <clears throat> but yeah, like I'll let you talk. But until they can get like three or four main central things that they want Neuralink to help, then they'll struggle to get any sort of funding if they need it. I know they're a private entity and money probably, probably won't be an issue. But until if he's like you can you, you can see quite clearly like when he was talking doing his his last talk with the pigs and stuff in the in the pens and that and where one pig had a had a had a, had, a, had a chip implant and it got removed a few months ago and they were showing the Gertrude. That pig that has, has the president and so on so they were like that was obviously like a recruitment drive for people to join his company because he was talking about like oh we need scientists and engineers and da, 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 da. you know that was clearly a pitch um to get people you know to get bright people involved but um if i was a college graduate in the area i'm, I'm not too sure i'd go to engineering because they haven't really got a well-defined scope of work and that worries me
0: that actually i would actually nearly say nearly say that's a good thing and I'll tell you why. I think it's a good thing that they don't have a scope because there are early phases, right? Neuralink could be used for all the areas that you've said, but more. If they define one thing right now, I think that would be damaging for the company because it limits their potential. If I was a graduate and that was an opportunity, I'd jump on it because that is the future. If I was a biologist or uh, an engineer who was interesting in that field, I jump to that con- like jump on that uh, opportunity. Um, the fact that it's not defined, I don't think, is necessarily a bad thing, just because of what they can achieve. I'm just thinking of a company like this that's making this product, um, and I guess one one thing that people might think that this product is going to be used for is for transferring information. Um, You know, some people are saying, oh, you'll never need to read a book ever again. You just download it and put it in your brain. Whatever it is, it is so much more than just that. The fact that we can get a better understanding of the brain's functions, all of that, if they defined what they wanted specifically out of um, an implant like this, they wouldn't be able to cater to that. So I think the broadness of this project is actually a good thing for them because then they can actually, within the company, once they get somewhere really good, they can have different sectors in the company concentrating on different things to bring their individual implant to that point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They get like an implant that's nearly good to go. It's like the the implant that can be uh, wired differently and something else happens And then they'll just segment different areas of the company. And bam, there you go. You want it to understand the inner workings of the brain. Here you go. This one will do it. But it gives them a monopoly on what they're doing. The moment that they specify what they want to do, when that thing is released, that's, that's public domain then. I know that they'll have patents and everything, but there's always different ways to try to like come up with the same thing. Uh, that they probably haven't really thought of like there's some really creative things out there that people think of that will just bypass the pa- the patents so they can't afford something like that to happen at this moment gotcha
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense really um, I'm just worried that they because they lack a general sense of direction that they might get burnt out and that they won't have enough of a drive and much uh, they won't have enough of, of an engine because my question is also, why aren't they a company of 500 or 1,000 people? Is the cash flow flow an issue? That's the question I'd be looking at because it's a huge, a ex- exciting ex- 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 company and for such a small number of people to be involved in it. Like surely if it's a huge, like if it's a network or a big cluster of um, ideas and exploration, why so few people?
0: Well, it's a startup, right? Like I would still consider it a startup. Uh, I think it, once they yes, start... Yeah, so once they start actually grinding, um, I'd say it's gonna it's gonna increase. But saying that, I don't I don't know the numbers of Tesla um, in terms of how many workers uh, work in Tesla. But I wouldn't say it's as big as perhaps say your uh, your other car companies. I just think Elon Musk in general doesn't really. Um, like he creates jobs, yes, he does create jobs. He's coming up with great ideas for people to uh, um to get involved in and to work and get paid. But I just don't think that he is um that he care that he. I won't say that he doesn't care about the amount of people that work, because I suppose that's not true, right? But um. What he doesn't what he doesn't do is that he doesn't overpopulate his company um with people working. And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Just because there might be just a hundred people, they might just need a hundred people. That might just be the sweet spot right there. Because what they're doing is divided equally and so that you don't have people sitting around doing nothing. Everyone is contributing in their own way. Um yep. I don't think it's a matter of funding because you know, it's not, it's not a surprise that Elon Musk will throw in his own money into a company. Um, he's done that for Tesla. He's done that for SpaceX. Um, sure, he does he need it? You know, at, at one point, perhaps another podcast episode is how much is too much money? Like, the value of money kind of eludes you after a while, right? But that's not the, the topic of this. But again, when, when it comes to money, I don't think he's struggling in any ways. But... Um, I kind of want to move on to the ethical side before we like crunch out all the time. Something like this, ethically, right? I mean, where do we even start? (laughs) Like, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that's probably um not well, definitely not ethical, but perhaps this whole idea of you know what I said before, um getting like Elon Musk is very good at promoting stuff even on his own he has a great sense of marketing um he has millions and millions of followers on his social media so one post gets like a lot of attention the fact that he's talking about certain things so soon getting people ready for you know the the progression of this company going live um I think that's one way to try and combat this ethical barrier that he's going to find. Now, we spoke about this briefly, uh, previous day, um, some day ago. And the major concern, the major thing I was talking about in terms of ethics is the religion aspect of ethics. Um, Well, the religion aspect of ethics. More the the idea around, until we have... um, Religion. I just feel... Until... um, Like... The fact that religion is so... Dominant... Still so dominant... I feel like that's... The major barrier that... Neuralink are going to have to face... Um, Which is no stranger to certain companies... Certain companies have managed to... um, Bridge that gap... uh, As such... But it's the same reason why some companies... Just can't do stem cell research in certain countries... Because... The power that religion has in that country is too large. So, what I'm thinking is, yeah, you might be able to like convince certain uh, certain countries and bring forward a you know a legislation to put this into act. But fundamentally, I think you're going to have major issues with trying to get this worldwide, uh, and that's really where the benefit is going to come. I think anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is the thing, isn't it? So it's like, where do we start? And it's a great question. And I suppose what's worrying about it is that we can only start to think about what we're going to do once we know what the output is. In other words, what New are going to start to be their first, you know, um, product, if you like. So that's the that's that's what frustrates me, as I sort of mentioned already, because I'm not too sure. Like, I think we're going to be way behind the curve. I think the conversations ethically and morally. They need to be discussed now, and I think we're years behind in terms of that. I'm just concerned that when these guys at Neuralink are ready to go to trial, they're going to be hugely held up because they just can't get the FDA approval or whatever it might be. Now, actually, I mentioned FDA right there. I was reading that they've gotten FDA approval for, oh gosh, I'm not going to pretend what it was, but they're going in the right direction, so that that's good. But they will inevitably hit roadblocks soon, relatively soon from re- religious groups and so on and so forth uh, which is unfortunate but understandable um and you know different people need to be listened to and that's fine um but again as always is the free market and if they want to sell a product then if people don't don't like it then just don't buy the part and don't don't you know don't don't tune into it you know so um if it's a thing where everyone would have to do like an opt-in thing a bit like a, you know, you might have to pass some legislation, then that's very different. But, again, it depends on what product they're going to be looking to actually uh, release to the market in the next, like, say, couple of years, I suppose, um, although I think we'll be waiting a little bit longer to see something from them uh, as an output, but maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I am, because it sounds like whatever they do, um, no, I wouldn't necessarily be, run- be running out of the shop and buying it, but it'd be very interesting to see um the initial um i suppose outputs uh you know that they will be looking to make so um, yes ethics are huge but each topic takes so each possibility takes a different batch of ethics if you like or a different bucket of ethical principles to think about and unfortunately most people, most people just, just just don't have either the insight, the interest, and even the basic know-how to do ethics, anyway, to begin with, so, that's a massive problem, I think what, I think they're going to, the ethical issue will end up being a big hurdle for them, because most people just can't do logical, rational thinking, so they can't make proper conclusions, and, you know, if a company, they, they will probably end up, like, trying to stop them from, from, from advancing, you know, um, that's a that's a problem now now the other problem is of course is that do they have will they have an an ethics kind of department of their own you know in relation to do they think that it'll make the world a better place of course they'll just say yes themselves but maybe what they're doing is ethically wrong and they mightn't even know it you know it's very hard to know and certainly they wouldn't mean to um, because they wouldn't be driven by money. This, let's not forget, the brainchild here is Elon Musk, and I do firmly believe, and I think a lot of people would agree, that there isn't a bad bone in the guy's body. You know, he he doesn't want to harm the world; he wants to make make the world a better place. That's pretty clear. Um, but you know, um, as for ethics, it's it's precisely as you as you, as you say, Mick. Like, where do you start? I don't know. So perhaps for the
0: last couple of uh, minutes, how about we touch up on the broader picture of this neural link like the concept of going live in the cloud uh, that concept there now obviously how would that work we don't know how that would work like um the the idea that you will be moving a uh a, a robot or some kind of ai intelligence but you'd be controlling it from a cloud-based uh server like that's the real fun of ethics right there um And also the challenges that you might come up with. Like, you know, my big concern would be like this, this would only work. Uh Uh, Take, take it like some, like the autonomous driving experience, right? So everyone always Mm -hmm. says autonomous cars will make the world safer. I don't think anybody can disagree with that statement. Uh, The only thing you can disagree with is the timing so, I'm a firm believer that autonomous dri- cars will make roads safer. But the only time that it will is when all cars on the road will be autonomous. Because the moment that you have human driving cars, humans are not the nicest people when they're driving. <laughs> they can get frustrated really easily. And so, the idea and the knowledge that we'll have about autonomous cars, such as they have sensors, um, if they sense something, they'll stop gives the human a chance to bully that car on the road. So you can jump in front of the car, you know that it's going to stop and you won't crash. Um, But what you might not know is that there could be a delay or anything can happen and therefore dangerous things uh, still happen on the road. The only way that this can be uh, kind of excluded is if all cars are now autonomous. Because they all react the same way, and they all act the same way. So they won't be jumping out of lane. They'll all be keeping their lane. They'll all be doing safe and steady maneuvers. So with Neuralink um, uploading to the cloud, this can only really work if everyone gets it. Because if you have one person that decides not kind of like, oh, you know, guys, I'm going to stay down here. Uh, I prefer the idea of um, death because the concept of Neuralink is to have us, you know, live forever, eternal life, which is uh, another kind of topic for discussion. Um, mm-hmm. But if one person stays behind, I guess then you have the inherent risk of security. You know, like what's gonna, what are they gonna do? down here that could damage everyone else up there like there's nothing really stopping them from unplugging the plug essentially and then that's it everyone's gone um so in turn like that's a very basic kind of root model of like (laughs) something that could happen but you know the the only way something like this could really work is if we're all on the cloud and then i guess the The side note to that would be, well, if everyone's there, how is the system held? Because we're working off of like computing systems and computer servers, they're not reliable. Now, perhaps it's just the concept that we have of computers today that's making me come to this uh, kind of idea, but I would not trust my computer to run me forever this computer is going to die eventually the processing power is going to have an effect and i just would not trust that but if i am on the computer who's looking at my computer who's looking after that side of stuff so it kind of brings up a lot of more questions and perhaps the big question in terms of their overall goal is you know they're moving slow because we don't have the technology at the moment. To do what they want to do. Like. The technology is probably there. But we don't have. The. Um, the confidence. In the technology. To keep doing. What they want to do. And That's what I think. I don't know if you want to weigh in on something there. I kind of spoke for. For quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you have some. Some topics and some discussion points you'd like to
1: cover um i'll be honest i don't because um it's so early days i mean if we could take like i suppose if we took one topic say like oh it's going to cure blindness we could talk about that and then if we had another topic we could talk about that but because it's such it's such a large area I think the idea of this podcast was just to give an introduction to what like Neuralink was. So to, inst- to answer the question, I don't have any further for, uh, for comments. What I will say though, is that yes, you're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The ethics on this are massive. And I think every possibility or branch that they could do as a company, plus the ethics attached with that would be more material than an hour's podcast. So hmm. if we, if our listeners would like a Neuralink series, or something we could arrange that, but you know. Um, so no, in terms of like 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 the closed eye comments, I don't really. It's just I suppose what it's really done for me when I was doing a bit of like looking into this um, is to appreciate the um how do you say it the collaboration between different sets of disciplines. Like you've got computer science, mathematics, physics, computer engineering. Uh, like like neuroscience personality development everything kind of comes together these really exciting branches of science and uh bio- biological systems they all kind of come together and we think about the human brain being part of like the von the, the von neumann architecture of your sort of like computer system so it's a really interesting um little piece of kit where we're putting the brain the human brain in that little like mapping so Mm -hmm. that for me is a fascinating kind of a a prospect whereas typically the brain is the one like sorting all this out whereas in this case the brain is like the resistor in the circuit you you can like apply a potential across it so (laughs) in a sense so i find that fascinating um the applications for this are just endless they're absolutely endless and the ethics are again even further than that it's like excuse me it's like having a different like set of of, like infinities in mathematics you have a different type of infinity and i think this is the the, the same problem here you're going to have like a different type of ethics for each structure that you're looking at and i think each of them needs to be examined and tackled because humanity needs to have these conversations anyway by definition and i suppose Something is going to make us have these conversations or else we're going to go into a situation like we had in World War II where no one talked about the the ethics of what they were doing and everyone was happy in Germany because they were building an army and everyone was was making money because it was all going into war and then bang, we have this huge issue which is what happened. So um, I'm not trying to draw a parallel, I'm just trying to say like before Neuralink starts doing some wonderful work, and they realize that they can't get it through because we haven't discussed the ethics, Um, I think that needs to be central to what they're doing. And I'm concerned, actually, maybe I'm wrong because maybe they have some excellent advisors, but I'm concerned about the ethics of what they're doing. I think pretty much everybody else will be also, but that's not to put a damper on it. I mean, like... You know, I think we need to push the technology as far as we can, and then the, I suppose the 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 conversation and the the ethical conversation will, will will be a fallout from the the technology. We need to map the technology first, I suppose, and then we can find out what we're going to be discussing in relation to what's right and what's wrong morally, I suppose.
0: Yep, that's the point, isn't it? To have conversations early on, so that when we actually get to that point, um, we're not just looking at each other like, "What's going on here?" Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the the show. That's it. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed, uh, kind of a different take on something so new. Um, and hopefully we brought something else to light that you might interest, uh, might be interested in, in researching yourself and kind of uh, gaining a bit more knowledge. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions on on what we've talked talked about. Perhaps you don't agree with what they're doing, or perhaps you you do and you think heck the ethics this is it um whatever it is we'd love to hear it and the way that you can do that is either through th- twitter i guess that's uh, to keep a constant conversation and emails are great if you want to um just say something uh deep meaningful and perhaps something that you like addressed on a future show um yeah j- unless you have something else to say don i would say
1: that's a wrap that's a chicken wrap, folks, uh, and I love my my chicken. Um, no, honestly, that's everything, guys. Um, thanks for listening in this week. We hope you enjoyed this one. I thoroughly enjoyed doing some like research and, and finding out about this wonderful company uh, that we have in our in our um how do you say it? in our domain. So I hope you have too. Like like Mick says, let us know what what you think. Maybe you think it's a tyrannical um organization. Let us know what you think. It's really interesting, I think, certainly. Um, If you're not interested in something like this, then you're probably not that interested in listening to podcasts like this. So, um, yeah, please go elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bold statement. Um,
0: But, yeah, uh, guys, you've been listening to... The Eudaimonia Podcast. And I've
1: been your host, Mick. And I'm done, everybody. Take it easy for the week, and we shall see you this time next week. Peace. And love. Well, actually, no, that's a bit, that's a bit sixties, isn't it?